Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Four Exchange Show. I am your host, Rob, and joining me today is Drexy. Hello, Drexy, buddy. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. At least I haven't been hanging out with Corona people. <laughs> you would be um, you would be different among them in that you uh, you're kind of immune. I don't know. Who knows anymore? But yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> on to Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm well, man. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to sit down with, with you guys again and discuss some Forex games and stuff. So let's get into the news. All right, well, first up, the biggest news item, I'd say, is the fact that Old Worlds, Soren Johnson's new Forex game, has made its way into early access on the Epic Game Store. It came on the 5th of May, and for uh, just a gentle reminder, if you guys do end up buying Old World, if you use the creator tag Explominate in the checkout process of Epic Games, we get like a small kickback. It's actually been pretty good for us, so I'm, you know, kind of whoring it out a little bit, and I don't have any shame there because I've, I've invested so much money into this site, and I've gotten very little back. So, which is fine. I love you guys. I've been all about this since day one. But if you guys wouldn't mind, just put my name in there or put our name in there, and we get a little bit back. Cost you actually, actually nothing extra whatsoever. But Old World's a game that we're actually going to be talking about in depth here in this podcast so i'm not going to talk any more about it other than it came out and we're here to talk about it so yeah let's move guys on. please use the code please use the code otherwise i'm gonna to have to thought myself out on twitch and rob <laughs> said that there's no no doubt or no excuses if we don't make the money for the website i've got to get my bum out okay so guys please please use the he's not he's not excited about putting his bum out there so <laughs> anyways Also, something that came out of Early Access is Pax Nova, and I have already started a a review process for it, so we have something new where on the site we're going to basically have like what to expect on day one article, and you know, that way we can sort of start to give our thoughts on a, like our critical thoughts on a game, and in saying that, I, I provided those critical thoughts for Pax Nova. I'm actually a little bit more positive on it than I expected because, I mean, granted, Grey Wolf and Mike Dominguez's history of Forex games aren't particularly exciting. In fact, some of them are, I mean, if you don't know, Mike Dominguez is the one who leads the studio there at Grey Wolf. And previously, in a previous life, he led the studio that made Lords of the Black Sun, which is one of the worst Forex games of all time. And then he went on to create Grey Wolf and they did Dawn of Andromeda. And it was all right. It wasn't awful, but it definitely didn't quite make the, you know, the it didn't quite pass muster when it came to whether or not it was good. It wasn't it wasn't good enough to be considered good. So now with Pax Nova, I'm starting to see some glimpses of of good gameplay, but I'm still I'm still reviewing it. I'm still going through the process. So I've a pretty extensive first day in impressions there on the site. You can check those out with the the link in the notes. And then I'll also have like my final critical thoughts here soon. Have you guys played it at all? I, I haven't had a chance. I've, I've had the game for ages, but I haven't had a chance. But I just want to bring up something. I've noticed the Steam reviews. There are quite a few really bad Steam reviews. But 
I'm not sure whether it's people who are just still pissed off from the previous games because quite a few of them mention it. Um, I've got actually right at the top because Steam actually shows your friends who have reviewed it and there's a couple of friends have given it a positive review. So I, I need to try it myself. But yeah, at the moment it's mixed on Steam and I'm not sure whether these negative reviews are uh, truly about the game or people still pissed off with the previous games uh, the developers made but like I said my friends have given it all positive reviews so there you go yeah I've uh, I have played it I've not played it a lot but I thought I've enjoyed what I've played so far um, uh, with regards to the steam reviews I don't think that those reviews are about the game so much um, I think it's from what I've, I mean, I, I actually looked through those Steam reviews because I was, I was surprised to see that it was mixed. Um, I don't think, I, I, I think the game, um, it clearly needs a little bit of work, but it's quite ambitious and it's fun. I mean, I've yet to, I don't think I've yet to get off the planet in the, in the two games that I played because I've, I've been, started another one since the latest patches came in, right? And I've just got to the point where I'm starting to launch sort of ships out. And the, the, the uh, 4X gameplay in the terrestrial sphere is really good fun. So it doesn't deserve the, the the negative reviews that it's getting. It's not that bad. In fact, it's not a bad game at all. I think it's it's on it's on track to becoming a good game. Definitely, I'd agree. And it's strange to me too that it is as mixed as they are, and there's there's been as ne- many negative reviews because there have been people that I have kind of watched as the community grows that I've kind of leaned on to hear and listen to about games, and a few of them that I really respect have come out and said very positive things about the game. And when they say things that are positive, I'm like, all right, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. I won't say Pax Nova is going to be like game of the year or maybe even something that we remember two or three years from now. But it is a solid 4X experience. And I do like that they're trying this whole like get off our, you know, get off the planet and colonize other planets and do like the whole space and terrestrial thing. It's not something that's done very often. In fact, it hasn't been done in a very long time. Uh, if you don't count predestination, which was a disaster piece, but you know, I, I am I am very surprised that there's so many negative reviews. I'm pretty positive on it. I'm still not sure where I'm going to land on it when it comes to a score, but stay tuned for my final critical thoughts on it. It's definitely looking like um, like a decent game because, I mean, when I first played it, when I I I jumped on about six months ago, I guess, and I remember you saying, Rob, that, yeah, it's good, but it needs work, and I agreed at that point. Uh, at this point now, I think, this is good, I want to play it more. So if, it, if it's making me, somebody who can get a bit tired of 4X games even sometimes, if it's making me want to play it more, then it's uh, it, it's doing something right, without a doubt. It's nicely presented now, too. It's, it's got I really like all the faction, the different faction choices in it. I think it's, you know, uh, there's so many 4X games that do that kind of Alpha Centauri kind of thing that just have really boring dull factions and i actually quite like them in this game yeah i'd agree and i think it's pretty cool that they all come from three different races so i mean yeah like i said i'm going to continue to review it i'm going to continue to look at it critically there are some issues that i have with it but generally i feel pretty positive so i would imagine a pretty positive score unless something changes i have about 35 hours in it now and i imagine that i'll probably put in another 10 or so before i finish out my outline and get the rest of this review out so stay tuned for that Next up is that Galactic Civilizations 3 has a version 4.0 opt-in now, and it's also about to release a DLC called Worlds in Crisis, which is a DLC that's that's meant to kind of shake things up, provide some variety to planet types and, and you know, characteristics of planets. 
But also 4.0 is meant to, it, first of all, it changes and improves the way that planets look, not only on like the terrestrial map, but the way that they're modeled. And it also has a lot of balance changes too. So I started firing it up. I'm again, I'm, following, I'm, I'm enjoying it again. So, you know, the thing that really bothers me about Galactic Civilizations 3 that I don't think they can ever fix, and it might be just be a civilization, or I'm sorry, it might even be just a 4X issue, is that the mid-game in Galactic Civilizations 3 kind of feels like it grinds to a halt. And, you know, once you've snatched up all the planets and you've done a lot of the exploring, like it just becomes almost like a grand strategy game and that there's very little movements and it takes a lot to to you know get things going and sometimes if you don't have very good planets you're kind of off to a bad start and it's difficult to recover but yeah there's some really good things there and I'm, I'm enjoying it again and I really I, I think this is wild to say but the star control races packs that came in with the DLC there re- recently with Galactic Civilization 3 I think really work well and I've been playing some of the uh, DLC races like the uh, man I forgot what their name are but they're like little squid almost and i forgot what their names are the mukay i think they're called and they fit the universe of galactic civilizations 3 well enough and they've actually done a really good job of making their ships look like what i'd expect them to look like for those race types from star star control and anyways i'm I'm digressing a bit and 4.0 looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun and worlds in crisis seems to be something that I would imagine add some good variety and good replayability for the early game. I just wish that the mid game got some more love. Yeah, like um, Galsiv 3 is one of those. It's interesting in that it is literally just Civ in space, not just Civ in space, but it was the original game. It reminded me very much of the original Civilization. So it's it's unique in for in space 4x with the way that it approaches, um, you know, the the game mechanics of uh, of uh, in space 4x. So I'm really glad to see that they're they're still developing it and still working on it because it's a really it is a really good game it plays very differently to a lot of any of the to any of the space 4x game and it's probably one of the only space 4x games where you've got a better chance of winning if you don't want to just play you know a really strong military game so it's it's cool in that respect i'm hoping i'm, I'm hoping that this new this new dlc adds a little bit more content for people who you know stellaris is kind of full of full of content like that right and that's where stellaris gets draws its players from i think with the the promise of this kind of star trek stuff and galsiv 3 is more of you've got to learn the game mechanics really really well in in order to be able to compete so if they put some more stuff that's a little bit more flavorsome in there that might help i hope they don't deviate too far from what they're doing with it already because i already think it's a good game personally so i don't want them to put so much kind of fluff stuff in there that it that isn't directly tied to the game mechanics yeah i agree i think that galactic i mean it's it's insane to me that i think it's six and a half years, almost seven years old now, and they're still doing what they do. I mean, like that that kind of support was unheard of 10 years ago, and now I feel like it's kind of commonplace, especially with 4X games. I mean, Stellaris and now Galactic Civilizations 3 receiving updates just an insane amount of time after release. I wish they were doing that with games like Endless Legend and Endless Space 2, although Endless Legend, I think, had a longer life than I expected as well. But yeah, very solid game. I'm going to be doing a re-examination after I have more time with it at 4.0 because I feel like it's a really good time to kind of look at it and, and revisit it and see where it's improved and maybe where it could still be improved for the fourth iteration. So check that out when it comes out. And speaking of Stellaris, we have Dev Diaries 177 and 178 were released. Uh, 177 outlined the changes to edicts that are coming and 178 outlined the changes to Federation laws and stuff. I honestly didn't read them. Unless you guys read them, we'll continue. 
Soy? Yep. Uh, yep. That's what I thought. <laughs> yep. That's how I feel too. So let's move on. So we next really up, need someone on this podcast. Oh, sorry, oh my oh, god, don't we? we? Yes, we really need someone on this podcast who likes Solaris. <laughs> I, I, I just used like, to like Solaris, though, but they're just for me. They're going in the wrong direction. I know, like Nate was Nate kind of liked it, didn't he? At least what well, I remember, he, I seem to remember him saying that he used to play it on his laptop. Well, yeah, he liked it for a minute, right? And then I feel like he kind of came to the same conclusion that everybody does that has like a four X background and realizes that. It's just not what it should be or could be. So we do need somebody. I call, like we're, call, this is a call out to anybody out there who wants to be a part of this podcast that might need might provide some balance to our Stellaris hate. Come on in. We're we're always taking co-hosts. <laughs> I mean, I do have four hundred hours in the game, so I think I've given it a fair shot. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, four hundred hours is way more than I do. I think I have like two hundred, maybe tops. So. Yeah, if anybody wants to join in. In fact, this is just a quick call to anybody who wants to join in. This has always been a community thing. And if you have any desire to jump on and be a part of this podcast, we would love to have you, especially if you can provide some counterpoints and counter hatred or counter love, I should say, to our Stellaris hatred. So please, please come on down. You're going to have to be able to provide a decent argument as to why Stellaris isn't a bad Forex game, though. So come prepare. <laughs> Yeah, please come prepared or just come prepared to have any sort of opinion that's other than ours. <laughs> so anyways, next up, we have God King Master of Rituals. It's been getting a few updates. In fact, right now, it just came out just today with a new faction. Uh, it's like a rat faction and quite a few quality of life updates. So I'm really excited to see where this game is going. And it looks like they're doing some things that are really just, I mean, very smart. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see them taking early access very seriously. And it also seems that they have a pretty regular schedule of updating it every Wednesday and Saturday, which I'm just over the moon about because I really like that they're that, that dedicated. But yeah, new faction, uh, new sounds, sound effects, stuff like that. So all of it's coming in hard and fast. Really excited to see that. And we will probably be visiting that again, probably on like a, a stream or something soon. So check that out when it comes out. And then last but not least, we have AIWAR 2. It's reached version 2.031. It's called the Faction Color Choice. Basically, it just has lots of improvements and updates, including a full compatibility, like meshing with GOG. And I plan on continuing my Let's Play of that too. I've just had a lot going on uh, with Old World and all that stuff. And and I still have a Interstellar Space Genesis playthrough and a lot of things that I have going on. So yeah, it, it's on the back burner there. I promise you that I'll stream AI War 2 if you guys are interested in that game. It was a lot of fun when I streamed it, and it seemed to it seemed to be going pretty well in in the short period of time that I played it. It was going in my favor, so I'm eager to get back and see if I can make a good game of it. Yeah, it'll probably kill you about two minutes later. As soon as you start playing again, that'll be it. <laughs> You'll get hit by some massive, massive attack from the AI, and that'll be it. Game over. Yeah, I, so the big thing about AI War 2 is always, and in AI War 1 is that you just have to keep that AI progress down, and as long as you don't, you don't get hit too hard. I mean, or sorry, as long as you do, as long as you keep that AI progress down, you can you can mitigate and manage the AI. But as soon as you start, you know, letting it creep up and getting past those certain thresholds, it can be murder. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. But I look forward to getting back into that game, and it's super awesome to see that game continuing to get updates and continue to get some quality of life improvements. But hey, let's talk about our weekly subject. 
In this podcast, we're going to be talking about something that's pretty relevant, actually, incredibly relevant, in that we're talking about the newly released Old World. And the three of us have all been, I would say, honored enough to have been picked for the beta. So we've had some time with it, even well before the early access period started. And I wanted to talk about a lot of the things that are going on with this game that are both good and bad. With the bad, I think we should start with the bad. What do you guys think? Just get it out of the way. Yeah, let's do it. There's a there's the elephant in the room that we need to address, Rob. There is, and that elephant's named Epic. So I'm gonna do my best to be as like middle of the line and neutral here because I have my own personal feelings, but I understand our audience's feelings too. So what I'll say is this about Epic that their practices aren't my favorite, right? So buying out exclusivity is not my favorite. It was never my favorite thing when it came to consoles. I did not like it when like certain games were only showing up on the PlayStation or Xbox. And to have that sort of exclusivity like mm, environment kind of creep over into the PC world, I'm not a big fan of. That's the first thing, right? The second thing is, and I think that's probably the, the thing that people dislike the most, are just how owned (laughs) and ingrained they are by the Chinese government. Um, Only because Tencent owns a very, like 30%, 33% of their their company. So they're a big shareholder, right? And Tencent is very clearly tied very closely to the Chinese government. And I think a lot of us don't like that at all. So we know that, that when we buy something from Epic or that we participate in anything Epic does, or we support Epic in any way, that some of that is going to the Chinese government, right? So I think that really bothers a lot of people, rightfully, 100%, because the regime is awful, it has committed crimes against humanity, and that's something that you can't really overlook. I think, um, you know, there's the two points that you made. With the exclusivity thing, um, I understand why people are upset about that. I don't like it either. I think it's really bad. But you made a good point that people don't really complain about that issue with consoles so much now. Or the fact that, so, you know, for example, I really want to play Metal Gear Solid 4, is it? But I don't own a PlayStation 3 or whatever system it came out on. So I'll probably never get to play that unless I, I break my computer trying to get some crazy emulator to work. So I don't like that either. But I think that out of all the out of all the arguments that can you can level against Epic, um, that one is probably the one that's if you want to, you could argue against simply because it's they're not the only people who do that. You know, the and the consoles have been doing it for a long time. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um yeah, so that that is a, that is an issue. The other thing is um that with regards to Epic, um so many people hate them, right? So many people hate them. Like everybody I've spoken to about um, Old World being an Epic exclusive, I think I'd say 19 out of 20 people, or maybe nine out of 10 people have said, I won't buy it then. I'll wait until the Steam release. And that is serious. I mean, I, 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 that is really, really, really serious. If, if, I mean, that's just anecdotal evidence from me, but I'm sure that you've, you've had a similar experience. The vast majority of people that I've spoken to will say, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not going near it. And that is, that's kind of, <clears throat> I don't know. Mohawk had just got to swallow that, I guess. Yeah, I've seen quite a few games that have been epic exclusives, and people not buy, just basically not buy them until a year later when they, until they come out on Steam. But I mean, okay, I've I've mentioned this before, but I do see from a small developer's point of view that getting this injection of cash. Uh, really, really helps them develop their games where they're not relying on sales. 
right, to continue in developing the game whilst it's in early access or even released. So, yeah, whilst I, I, um, I can see from a developer's point of view, from a punter, it's oh, it's just horrible, really. I mean, it's the same with, like, um, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. <sighs> I don't know. Whilst having more choices of going to different places is a good thing because when one company fucks up, you have more options and there's not like no competition. The problem for someone like me is do I really want to have two, three, four, five different stores open on my computer just to, oh, I want to play this game now. Oh, I've got to close steam and open this thing or leave it running in the background, taking resources. So I don't know. The whole thing is just a mess really. To Ben's point, I'll say that I've never gotten so many negative comments on a video series as I have the Old World series. I've seen a shit ton of people just complaining about the Epic Game Store, and surprisingly, and and thankfully, it didn't it didn't like carry over into votes. You know, there wasn't more thumbs down as I expected, or there weren't more thumbs down than than normal, and you know, there wasn't like this like huge brigade against the videos which i appreciated but i've never had so many negative comments i've never seen so many people say epic you know epic game store trash all that crap and and i get it i really do and it's frustrating for me because i do like it and i think drexy brought up a great point you know the fact that we have the hulu the the netflix the amazon you know exclusive shows that i i don't like right now there's a new one that's coming up it's there's a new cartoon coming up by the the creators of Rick and Morty, um, one of them at least, and it's going to be a Hulu exclusive, which means I have to I have to pay money to Hulu just to watch the show, and that annoys me, like, and I get it, I so I I understand that, and if it was if if Hulu was owned by the Russians, I would feel even less excited about it. So I understand the points. I do think that. It's silly to say that you'll never come back to it ever again as a result of this because Drexy brought up a good point. The The influx of cash is needed. And in this case, I will say that I know that Mohawk needed the money after Starbreeze fell out and had to chapter or have to file chapter 11 bankruptcy. So they 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 had no other way, right? They they needed cash. Epic rose to the, to the challenge and... It's here now, but I don't understand why people will still avoid it even when it comes to Steam, if it comes to Steam. And I hope, hopefully it does. So that's all I want to say about it. Drexy and Ben, do you have last parting thoughts on it? I mean, you can look at these Epic exclusives positively in one way. When they do come to Steam, they'll be nice and polished and all the bugs will be gone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't mean to be I don't mean to sound negative on this, but I do think that I'm worried that it was a mistake. And I think the amount of people that would have bought that game that won't buy it now because it's an epic exclusive, I think it might it might be just a bit too much. You know, I think there might be a lot of people. I mean, I don't see very many positive things about that decision being said, to be honest. And I kind of defend it to a little bit because I understand that they needed that money, but I think they're gonna lose more money in the long term personally speaking but that's just i hope not okay because i i think that they're really good people from the little i've um, spoken to them and seen you know on, on the beta forums they just seem like really good people and you know soren johnson's a bit of a legend and he makes good games so i really really hope it does well but i i i, I think they must have been between a rock and a hard place with that decision 
I really do. Because I don't think they made that decision lightly, actually. I'd agree. I think a lot of people understand just how much Epic right now is disliked for, you know, better or worse, for, you know, good reasons or bad. I, I think they understood that. So it must have been a tough decision. But let's move on. So there's two other things that I want to talk about real quick about that, that, that are right now bothering me about 10, uh, sorry, 10, I almost called them 10 worlds instead of old world and, and 10 crowns. It was like a mixture of the two. Anyways, uh, there's a big memory leak right now. So, you know, the longer you play, the harder, the longer things take and also the more choppier things get. And you can see the, the RAM being utilized even more. So there's definitely a huge memory leak. But, you know, beyond that, I think, I don't really think there's a lot for me to say negatively about this game. And I want to talk about it because I know Drexy has aired some, like, you know, in private conversation, he said some things about how it's too Civilization 4 for him. And we'll get into that. I definitely want him to talk more about why he thinks that here in a second. But I do want to talk about some of the things it's doing well. So first of all, I want to paint a picture, right? So for you that don't know what Old World's about, it has very commonly and very aptly been characterized as civilization meets ck2 crusader kings 2 and because why why is that because the game plays very much like a civilization game in the like uh what do you say like the medieval period i mean maybe even less than a medieval like um almost like you know like just past the stone age to like a classical era of civilization so you're talking about like ancient civilizations like egypt assyria uh, Persia and and places like that that you know had a lot of power back in the day and the game the game's focus is on that time frame and that time period but it also so it plays a lot like a forex game in that regard there's you're going to be building stuff you're going to be you know doing your exploration you're going to be creating improvements to your cities and managing your cities and making new units and getting through a tech tree that provides you through you know that that sends you through that period of time but at the same time, you're also really worried about the people that are involved in your game. You know, when you start off with whichever country or, or faction you've, you've decided to choose, you are given a leader that's like in, actually in the game and he plays a part. And, you know, their characteristics change throughout the game based on various events and various ways that you react to these events. And you marry, you have heirs, and you groom your heirs to be better than you were right and by by doing that you're you know you're teaching them stuff and you're you're having them do things throughout events that maybe you're sacrificing certain characteristics to build up other characteristics and and a lot of that's like eugenics in a way right like you're just making sure that you're like putting your person through the ringer to make them the best leader that they can be when it's their time because they your leader will die you know eventually they all die so and then the next person you know, takes the rain. And then all those things that you've been working on are now, are now working towards your, your civilization. Those things that you helped your heir become are now, you know, additions to your gold resources or your science output, stuff like that. So with that kind of like foundation laid out, right, that's the game in a nutshell. There are some things I think it does really well. Um, I just want to start talking about the order system. So first of all, people were concerned about the order system being limiting. I think it's fantastic. So basically what the order system is, is that you accumulate orders throughout the game based on legitimacy, based on a variety of technologies, based on a bunch of things. And orders are how many times you can move or make, make, um, well, like move your, your units and also 
make choices, right? Like you can uh, use your workers to build that that city improvement that you want, but that will take an order. And then you might want to move your scout like a couple turns or a couple tiles. That'll take an order. And you're limited in the amount of times and, and ways that you can do those things at first. But as you progress through the game, you get more and more orders and you're allowed to do more and more things. What do you guys think about the order system? Um, I like it. I think it, it, it adds to the game, definitely. It certainly speeds up. It speeds up the exploration process at the start of the game. Um, <clears throat> the the way that your it's shared between your workers and some of the decisions that you make um, is I think is interesting. So it forces you to to take tough choices at times. You know, do I do I really need to get that scout out of the way of those barbarians, or do I need to start building this you know this farm this turn? Um, so it's it's good. I mean, I, I think that it's certainly an, it, it's kind of a new approach. And I don't remember seeing a system that's quite like it. And I like, I, I think it's good. Um, you do need to be sure to carry on creating, um, you know, the upgrades and technologies that give, that get you more orders though. Because for example, in the current game that I'm playing, you, I'm in a big war. I'm actually in war. Uh, I'm, I'm at war with two people. And that's something I, I need to remember to talk about later, actually, because there's a bit of an issue at the moment with it for me. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm at war with two with two major factions. I'm one of the minor factions as well, because in the game, you not only have major factions who are like, you know, other like they represent other players, but then you have these minor factions that are kind of like halfway between a basic barbarian tribe and a uh, and the main players and you, you can interact with them in a limited fashion with regards to certain events that come up some diplomatic actions you can marry into their families they can marry into yours that kind of stuff and um i i found that that i was running out of orders to be able to move all my you know move all the units that i had if i wanted to actually successfully defend myself so you've got to be really careful with the way that you play the game and that's cool because it, it gives more tactical decisions well, I would like to defend myself after my character was defamed there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay. I Sometimes Rob gushes over stuff so much, I just like to be a bit of an arse and counter him with a different argument. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. I'm okay with that. Uh, uh, but, okay, for me, it is very Civ-like. Um and it is what Civ Five should have been. Now I'm not saying it's exactly Civ, and it's just a copy of Civ. It has a lot of interesting stuff, um, like the. I'll tell you one thing. I was watching earlier on um, that I did find interesting was stuff like the soldiers have like a family system or something, which I found pretty interesting. But yeah, for me, I don't particularly like Civ type games or terrestrial type games. I don't like. Gal Civ because it's very much like Civ in space, whereas I like a lot of space games for its games. But yeah, for me, yeah, they're doing a lot of interesting stuff, but it's just not for me. I don't think I can blame you for that. And I think I was in the same boat until 10, 10 I want to keep calling it 10 crowns. My God, Old World. Until Old World came around, I will tell you that I played maybe 100 hours of Civ 5 and I've got 28 hours of Civ 6 because I can't get into it. And Civilization 4, I probably played for three or 400 hours and I enjoyed the ever-living shit out of it. But now with the last two, I've been kind of turned off by them and Old World has finally brought me back around from that. And while I know what you're talking about, like the based 4X part of the game feels very civ-like i am not going to disagree with you there i think it's taking the best of what made sub 4 great 
and adding some systems that make it even better and more strategic. And the order system definitely fits into the whole like, you know, interesting choices thing. Yeah, and that, that is my point. This is the, what's where Civ should have gone compared to where Firaxis has taken it. And yeah, I was just being a bit of an ass, really, saying that's just <laughs> <a thought to. laughs> No, it's... Well, you're not wrong. So, like, I mean, in a lot of ways, it feels Civilization 4 like which I think is why I enjoy it, because it feels like... You know, because Civilization 4 had a better a better pace to it than the next, the last two games. And I think with the order system, like Ben mentioned, it does create a better pacing to the game. I feel like there's a lot to it that that creates almost like and I've said this, it's like a real time turn based game because there's just so much you can do in one turn that it starts to feel like, you know, almost like a possible real time game. I'm not saying it is. It's kind of an exaggeration, but I mean, there are a lot of things you can do, especially once you get to the later mid game where you're starting to use these units and move these units a lot during your turn because you have so many orders and that does create like a lot of, I don't know, a lot of cool thought, a lot of great decision making that needs to occur. Um, and I think order system is honestly something that's going to, is going to be something that's, it's definitely copied for sure. Like, I think it's a great system. I think it's smart. And yeah, but I do see your point about Civilization Four because I think in a lot of ways that's that's its strength. Yeah, it is the spiritual successor to Civ Four, where you you've had this schism where people who loved the Civilization series um, just fell off since Civ Five onwards, and now well, you've got a game for you that carries on all that good work that was done in Civ Four by Soren Johnson himself. Yeah, I, th- I completely agree with that. There's a few things. There's a couple of things about um, this game I don't like, right? And this is something that, um, one, the enemy AI is really, really keen to go to war with you. And sometimes I've, ne- I've not seen a dogpiling AI system like this since Stars in Shadow had a big problem with it. So um, I don't know. Like I, I also saw somebody else complaining about this on the beta forums. I think it might, it might have been Sula. Um, who's a, Sula's a long-term civilization player, and has, he's been collaborating with with um, he collaborates on Civ Four and Civ Three, I think, as well. And he did, he's been on the you know he's been one of these sort of long-term beta testers. But he had a big complaint to make about that that the the AI just seems it's br- it's brutal with regards to just declaring war really often. Like tonight, I declared war on I think it was a Syria and or Egypt, one of them, and then. Uh, Carthage just decided to attack me like the very next turn, which it left me so out of place. And I, it, it, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. I, I like difficult games, but it was really, it was kind of like, oh no, <laughs> like that. I, I didn't really get any understanding as to why they suddenly declared war. Now I don't know if that's deliberate and built into the game. Okay, that's one thing. The second thing is that um, the order system, whilst it is really, it's cool in in old world and it works pretty well. Um, I don't want to see that just transplanted um, into other games, particularly things like Space 4X games, where it's not going to work. So, I mean, I, I just, I, just following on from something that Rob said there, I, I wanted to say that because it is a good system and it is interesting, but I think it's going to be one of those things that, unless it's tied into, unless it's tied into the, you know, the rest of the game, it, it, it's, it drastically changes how a turn-based game works, right? Because those two old school turn-based games, they were kind of based on chess, I guess. You know, I take a turn, you take a turn, I take a turn, you take a turn, and you you usually move one piece, right? And, that's, and then things like Civilization came along where you've got maybe ten pieces to move. But 
now it's kind of it's shaken all that up and you can move one piece seven times but you might not be able to move any of the others or you can split all you know all 10 of your orders between 10 different units that kind of stuff that is interesting but yeah let's just hope that it doesn't yeah it is a cool idea and i hope hopefully people can iterate on that but you know it's got to be it's got to be carefully woven into the game mechanics for it to work in that way <clears throat> I think something that we failed to mention, and I don't, I don't know why, but it's, it's. This is a game that's just now entered early access, so we're not talking about a fully fledged, full release game yet. And from every account that I've seen and read from Soren Johnson and Layla Johnson, the two like main people behind, like the studio here now, they're saying that they're expecting early access to last at least a year. So, I which is insane to me because I feel like there's a lot already to this game. But I do want to remember, and I want to remind the audience too that. You know, th- this game, everything that we're talking about is a work in progress and things that, you know, niggling issues could easily be fixed. But with that being said, you know, I agree with you. The order system is something that works very well for this game. It would it would seem weird to see it just transplanted in other games immediately. But for sure, I, I like the way it works here. But let's talk about the event system real quick. And that's something that I also like a lot, too. So when I mentioned that we talked about the the characters, a lot of the characters are driven and like play a huge role in this event system that creeps up frequently right so not only do you start to see events when you start to research i'm sorry research when you start to explore these ruins that you'll come across in the map but they also are randomly occurring um through you know a variety of means and maybe not even so randomly sometimes right so like you have events that pop up as your heirs start to get older and you want to teach some things, or maybe they do something that kind of like, you know, you have to address. But then also too, like there are things that occur randomly. And from what I understand, there's just shy of a thousand of those right now. And they want at least 3000 before early access is complete, which to me sounds a awesome and B uh, <laughs> super difficult. I can't even imagine writing another 2000 events because there's a, a huge gamut of these things. Have you guys seen anything that you just that really popped out to you? There's too many of them, and I don't mean with regards to too many. I think it's great that they've got loads, by the way, and they're, they're planning more. That's that's fantastic because one of the things with these games is sometimes if they if they you know they don't have enough, they they start to get boring and repetitive. No, I mean there's too many of them each turn, in my opinion, and I think they they it it. Okay, so I play these games because I really like I, I like to defeat my enemy. I know this. I've, I think people are aware of this with me now. I like the exterminate phase. So if I'm if I'm in the middle of a of, of a war and the and the warfare in this game is good, by the way, it's way better than any of the civilization games. It's um, you know you you have to make use of terrain. You have to take care of the order system. You uh, there's you can level your you can level up your armies just like in Civ in a similar kind of way. But then you can add generals to it, and the generals are all to do with the characters that you've got that you've been nurturing through this through this kind of um, generation system. So that's really really cool. But if I'm in the middle of a really exciting battle, the last thing I want is suddenly there's some some event coming up saying, "Oh, somebody's stolen a statue. What do you want to do?" And it's like, okay, yeah, that it is cool. And maybe it's maybe that's just me. Maybe I've just got some ADHD brain that kind of just needs to focus on one thing at once. I don't know, but I find it really, I, I find that quite jarring. And I wish that, I wish that you could you could tone down the amount of events that you get because they are what makes this game interesting to some extent. And I do like the choose your own adventures vibe to it. Just quickly before I hand over, there's one something else I want to say about um, events dead quick, and that is that um, the event system they do everything in the game translates very easily into numbers 
uh, for for those who want to just kind of min max the game so it's quite this is what i like about it i want to say this because i'm criticizing i want to say something good and the good thing about the event system is that everything quite obviously translates into a into a definite bonus or a definite penalty and you can see what it is that it's doing so i like that about the game that's one of the things that's good about the event system i just think they're they're a little bit intrusive sometimes to the strategy that you're playing and in very much the same way that certain tactical games you know the turn-based tactics thing can sometimes get in the way of the strategic element because they take too long. I feel that the element, the, the there's an, a similar element of interruption that you're feeling in the game flow there. I hundred percent agree. So I do think that there's going to be a balancing act between making sure that you get new events and events that mean things, like actually have meaningful, you know, impacts on the game, but also like maybe keep them so that they're a little less frequent. Because right now, I mean, you can have like four or five in a single turn and that it does start to feel like they all run together and it feels like, you know, almost like you're not really, you're just clicking to see what, like what benefits you'll grab and move on. So I would like to see that balance. That's going to be a difficult balance and I don't envy them for having to figure out that balance. But the other thing too, is that I will say that combat and you mentioned it briefly, combat in this game is, is easily one of the best in the Forex games I've ever played, especially historical you know, you mentioned all the stuff that you did with the generals and in leveling up your armies and stuff like this, but you can also, there's special little units in this game that I just found out about yesterday. I have been playing this game for 40 plus, 40, almost 50, I don't even know how long. The worst thing about Epic, or one of the worst things about Epic, other than the fact that it's an awful game store, is that they don't show you how long you've been playing. And I had some 30-something hours on it when it was on Steam for a brief moment, and now that it's on Epic... I can tell you that I don't know how many hours I've played it. So with that being said, that I just found out that different units do different things. So like if you have a spearman and you can actually hit two tiles, like if you if you are targeting like a warrior on one tile and there's a archer behind that warrior with a spearman, it'll go through both those units. I had no idea. And hopefully you'll start to see more of that through the UI and through the animations. But I had no idea that you that, that spearmen do that. I didn't know that macemen will actually hit everything around them. So if you hit something directly in front of you and there's also a unit to your right, the macemen will hit both those units. I had no idea. So it'll be cool to see more information provided so that we can understand that better and understand combat better. But you're right. Like, you know, you're talking about terrain, you're talking about leveling up, you're talking about generals, and then even having the the various units behave in combat differently. And you have some of the best combat I think I've, I've heard of in a Forex. Yeah. Just uh, on, on the point on event, sorry. Um, that's the, my issue with Stellaris at the moment where you're fo- when you're trying to focus on one thing, but the game, They've added all these systems that drag your attention away from that focus uh, when you're focusing on the game. The other thing, uh, okay, I've not really played the game in quite a couple months, I'll, I'll be honest. So am I right in saying that your army, your units have a, like a family system or something like that? Well, so they are attached to, like, so you have families in the game, right? And each of those units that you build are attached to that family. So like, depending on what family owns the city that you produce those units from, they will be a part of that family. And in an early, very early build, if you 
piss off a family hard enough that they decided they were going to revolt and try to usurp you, you actually, <laughs> the units that belong to that family end up turning against you. And it was like devastating and awfully, awfully hard. So they actually were like, they, they definitely, um, brought that back and, and decided against that. But yeah, no, they're, they're all attached to a family. They're all part of a family, whatever family owns the city that built that, that unit they belong to. Yeah. Um, so I, I was just, just go back to this, this combat thing you're talking about. I didn't know that by the way, about the, uh, about the different units having different, um, abilities depending on you know uh, you know being, the spearman being able to attack three units two units and the maceman that's straight out of a roguelike <laughs> that's like that's something you know that you, you see in roguelike games um i can see that being a bit immersion breaking for some people because i mean the the tiles that you're that you're covering <laughs> it's like these spearmen have got like 200 mile long spears <laughs> i don't know what it's I'm, I'm just being a bit crazy but um yeah i, th- I think uh I think the combat is really, really good in it, though, and it, it's it's exciting at the moment. And I'm sure this is something that's going to change, but I find it can be a little bit jarring when the enemies kind of just pop up on you. They, you know, if they've been hiding in a in a forest or something, when the combat's resolving, suddenly they just teleport out of nowhere and just sort of hit you. And it just seems it it comes across as a little bit jarring. So I hope they kind of they add some animation or just some sort of something to make that that transition seem a little bit less. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit less weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, and I think that you know, as it progresses, it'll it'll be imperative for them to express that that kind of stuff through the UI and stuff like that. So, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. They're talking about a year, and you know, there's animations that are missing. There are plenty of art assets that aren't there too. There's something I really do want to talk about real quick that I I had forgotten about when I when I mentioned the things I don't like. And one of them is the city spam. So like it's it's part of the game. And I know that I've read somewhere that Soren Johnson's like like design philosophy does not necessarily it he doesn't necessarily believe in like a civilization growing tall. He has always thought that wide is like the way they work, right? And that's pretty clear in old world because the more cities you have, the more your score goes up. And like the, the the old the overall agenda in this game is to increase your score to 31 i think it is and once you hit 31 you win the game right so those that's accomplished by creating natural wonders that's that's created by uh, um finishing ambitions actually ambitions in, increase your legitimacy but like there's a there's a variety of ways that you can gain the points having legendary cities having cities and building wonders and so for me, it's a little frustrating because there's there is like a drive to city spam, and thankfully it's a bit difficult in this game because there's only certain places that you can put cities. So you know there's you know they're basically guarded by barbarians, and you have to take out the barbarians, and then you can sort of you know you have to place your units there to claim the tiles that the barbarians were on, so that you can place your cities on the city sites, but. That doesn't change the fact that every city site is extremely important in this game because you're going to want to be there. So it's it's uh, it's not quite diminishing city spam as much as I'd like it to. Yeah, I was listening. Uh, Soren was on a, uh, a game dev podcast the other day. I thought the you can't just put cities like four tiles away from each other and stuff like that in this game, right? Uh, no, no, you can't. There's there's existing city spots, so. The barbarians tend to tend to 
occupy certain city spots. It's, it works much like Fallen Enchantress in the sense that there are only certain places on the map that you can colonize, but it's even more clearly deline- delineated in in uh, ten in Old World. So um, yeah, so you you will clear the barbarians out, and then that will give you a certain amount of time to go and take that area back if you don't take it back oh, sorry if you don't settle it with a with a settler um within about 10 turns or however many turns it is then they will just grow up another they will increase in size so to speak and then you know you they'll start spawning more units at you again there's also the the minor factions as well like the scythians and so on and they they also will expand so um yeah you can't just you can't just put them anywhere like in civ three you know like in civ three and civ four and all that um but there is a lot of there is a lot of cities and another one another complaint that I've got about the game that I kind of want to just quickly touch is I saw Soren Johnson talking about Civ Four saying that the whole thing with workers certain people didn't like and he was considering making them automatic and then he was like well if they're automated why are they in the game I've got the same problem with workers in this game as I did in Civ Four in that they you have to use loads of them in order to quickly build up your build up your civilization uh, to build up your city amenities. Um, and you're you're having to you have to control them manually so there's and it, and it kind of tells you where you need to be putting stuff anyway which is helpful obviously but so you know there's so many of them every single turn and they're eating up a lot of your orders and you are i mean I, on my most recent game i've got i think i've got like six I, I i took a few um cities all at once and i also settled a few so i went from three cities up to about six in about in about four turns all of a sudden I've got I've got to build loads and loads of workers to get all those cities up and running, and you're you're spending so much time each turn just worker here, worker here. I want you to do that. I want you to do this, and I I, I don't like that. I I think that the the whole idea of workers is cool, providing it's done well, and I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they've got it right yet. And I, I have to be honest. I haven't played this as much as Rob, so it might just be that I'm I'm bringing forward some of my some of my issues with workers from Civ into Old World. So I'm I'm willing to concede that, you know, it might be because I've just not really played it enough yet, but uh, it seems like that that is still an issue. And I I don't want to be messing around with workers when I'm fighting an interesting battle, you know? Yeah, and this is one of the things where it reminded me of Civ a lot was the goddamn workers. I'm exactly the same as you. I hate that system. And I've not got a solution for it, but I hope he can come up with a more elegant solution. Uh, that's one thing I did like about Endless Legend that you didn't have the goddamn workers. And I like Civ Six about this too because you know Civilization Six, the workers did some things, but like a lot of the city improvements were built inside the city. So like as you were in city management in Civilization Six, you know the the things that like the different districts that you were building were something that you focused on through the city management instead of having to send out workers like it is now. So, you know, I I do agree to an extent that the worker stuff isn't always fun, but I do think it is fun at first. <laughs> I'll put it that way. It starts to feel a lot less fun when you have six, seven cities and six, seven workers building things and trying to improve your cities. That's where I start to be like, oh, okay, like I wish I could automate this, right? But I don't know what the perfect answer is because I also want control over what gets built. And I know that I need to build certain things in order to make whatever it is that I need more available to myself. So yeah, I don't know what the answer is. Another gripe I've got about the workers is the manual harvesting of resources. Um, I don't like that. I think it's kind of, 
it's it's just, it seems to be some more of this kind of boilerplate stuff that I've got to do every day, every every turn in order to keep my empire going. And I know that you know you don't have to do it every single turn, and it doesn't work quite like that. So uh, for people who don't know, there's um there are resources that you can find on the map, and you can build uh, your workers can build improvements on them if they're within your city around your city. But there are your scouts can also find stuff over you know as they're exploring so it might be gems or it might be horses or something like this and you can spend an order point in order to harvest them and they're because they're really useful you need to do that but it just becomes yet another thing that you're manually having to do and um apparently there's there's some way of kind of automating that but then you know i, I know i talk to ray fowler a lot about stuff like this and ray ray has the same a similar sort of attitude to me in fact he's very strong feels very strongly about this that if something is there in the game that you have to automate, should it really be in the game at all? And that, I mean, that, that, that he thinks no, usually. And I think sometimes, my answer to that is sometimes, but it's more that, I don't know, I just, if it's not fun and if it, if it's kind of not fun to the point of being, of, of taking away from the rest of the flow of the game and needing automation, then yeah, like why, why is it there? I don't know. So I don't like that either about the, about the worker and scout system. But in, in the game's defense, the order system makes the whole process of scouting much more fun. And scouts are useful, not just in scouting areas, but they're also useful in war as well because you can hide them in trees and they become, they're they're not, uh, they're not visible to the enemy and it gives you eyes on the enemy and you really need to get, uh, you really need to roll back the fog of war in order to see where the enemies are coming from. So scouts are useful right through the game. So I do like that about it. I think that's a, that's a really cool thing. There's, there's the, there's the makings of a great game in old world. It's just, um, it is going to need that year in early access, I think, in order for them to be able to get the feedback they need to, to really make it the game it could be. Yeah. I mean, couldn't you have like a a city management screen where you can sort of just, um, I want to say queue up, but put orders out for workers. So they're not actually on the map. They're on a separate thing. You can sort of, so you're separating your order system between your city order stuff and your strategic map order stuff. Thus, you can set that to one side, have it all set how you like it on one turn, and then maybe come back to it in 10 turns and adjust what you've done there so your focus isn't being shifted away from what's going on on the tactical map. Yeah, that. I mean, like I said, I feel like I just don't know if there's the right answer here, right? So you, you're either someone who enjoys being a little bit more hands-on with building your improvements for your city, or you want something that's more like Endless Legend you know, that you're building from the city and not really having workers running around and doing stuff like that. I, 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 for me personally, I feel very strongly that in the very beginning, I, I want that kind of control, but yes, again, like I said, is as game, as the game progresses, it's just, it's no longer fun. So there's gotta be, I don't think that they're going to find it here. I don't know that, that Mohawk games has it in their mind that they want to fix it because I think this is the system they want. And if, if we're going to be hundred percent honest, I would rather the system they have now than a more hands-off system. But that's just because I like having control over that, that type of improvement system. Yeah. I think this is going to be an issue that is highly dependent on the kind of player that's playing it. Right. So some people really like that, I, I don't sometimes when I'm in the mood, I really like the micromanaging workers stuff in Civ. I quite like playing Civ 4 still. Civ 4 is my favorite of all the Civ games, by the way. I think it's Soren Johnson and his team made an amazing game there, and it's still good to this day. And this, the, there is a lot of worker stuff in that, and you can automate it in that game, but I 
don't tend to. So I don't, it doesn't, it's not always a big problem. I don't know why it is. I think it's added to the extra, the extra micro that you need in old world because of the order system. There's, uh, there's a lot more sort of busy work in it as, as, as Ray described it as. And I think there is a lot of busy work in, in old world that, that can set, uh, can distract you from the, from the strategizing and, you know, from the fun stuff, you know, the tactical combat bit. So, I don't. I don't think they're going to change that either, and I, I don't think they necessarily need to. And I think part of my complaint might be it's just that I'm used to playing games that don't. I don't have to do that kind of thing with. So, take everything I say about this game with a big grain of salt. That I'm not the biggest um, historical forex fan anymore. And despite the fact that I still like to go back and play Civ Four, and I like Aggressor's Ancient Rome as well. I think that's also a really good ancient era historical uh, Civ like. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that. There is a lot of busy work in that game, and I hope there's some way of cutting down on it a little bit. But I think that might just be a, a function of the fact that they've got this new order system. Maybe they can't get around that. I mean, <clears throat> what I was saying, you don't, you can have a system where you can focus on it early, but later game it develops where you can just queue up stuff in a way that you don't have to keep coming to micromanage it once you're in like you've got like seven C's or whatever. And the other point is because you've got the event system in the game on top of the order system, again, it's adding more stuff you, that's drawing your focus from stuff you may want to focus on. Yeah, I know. I know. Like I said, I don't think there's a way to fix that. I think you're either going to enjoy that system or you're not. And there's no way to make it be- like there's no way to fix both sides of that argument or both sides of that that feeling. So. I again, if if it has to be either way, I prefer having manual control. But you know, I know there's going to be people that don't. So it's just it's going to be it's going to be something that every you know you're going to like or you dislike, and it's going to be the same way with just about everything. I think this game does because a lot of it's either taking you know straight from Civilization Four or adding systems that maybe people don't want because they want something more Civilization Four. I've seen the complaints that. Some people want like a full-on uh, like Crusader Kings three, you know, in their four X, and that's never going to be in this game either. They're they're trying to balance the two, and I don't think I'd want that either. I don't want to. I don't want to focus so much on my family and my heirs and all that that it takes away from the four X. So there's a lot going on here. I mean, it's going to be difficult for them to figure out the right balance, and I know that they have a long time to do it. And I think genuinely believe that the people behind Mohawk are some of the smartest developers in the industry right now. And I think that they can, they can, uh, they can do it. I think that the issue that we're talking about is, okay. So for example, you're saying that, you know, more people, people are asking for more of the Crusader Kings two stuff or Crusader Kings three, whatever. I, I, I think that that would just add to the busy work that you had to do in the game. So not only have you got the busy work from the order system, you've got the busy work from having to do the manual res- uh, resource harvesting. And then there's the, uh, the busy work of the workers and the busy work of, of these constant endless events that happen every single turn. And sometimes there's loads of them. Sometimes there's like six of them. It, each one of those systems may, might not be, they're not going to fix, but taken as a whole, it makes the game it really makes the game quite stop start stop start stop start jarring jarring and i i, I personally don't like that about it and i think they need to do that there's something has to be done there to 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 balance that out somewhat because no even even a my uh somebody who really loves min maxing any one of those systems having to min max like you know really carefully go through each one of those events and then you've got the not only that you've got the whole progenitor system so the way that you know you've got all uh 
the way that you're handling your family, you've got the different family system. I mean, it's a complex game and there's loads of stuff in there. So it, it might be a matter that they've just made it a little bit too complex for the kind of game that it's trying to be. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Ah, oh, look at us. We man when there's not enough to do. We man when there's too much to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. No, but I mean, it's a fine balance, really, where between a Forex and a grand strategy game, um, if you go f- too far one way towards grand strategy, you're over comp- you're you're making the game so complex it's no longer a forex game, right? It's more like a grand strategy game. But if you go to a pure forex game, then what are you doing new, really? That's not been done in the past. So again, it's a it's a fine balance, and it, I I. I'm glad I'm not involved. <laughs> I'm glad Sean Johnson has got a headache and not me because it is a fine balance in my eyes where, you know, between the two genres, you can go too far either way. It is a good game, though. I want to say that just quickly, sorry, just to jump in. It is a good game, and like I say, it is going to be a really good game. Uh, Rob asked us to play it a little bit before we did the podcast, obviously, so we could refresh ourselves, because I've not played it for a couple of days. And um, it was like, quite, uh, I played it for about an hour and a half, and I had to stop because we had to come to the podcast, and I didn't want to. So that, so despite my misgivings about you know certain aspects of the game, it's, it is a good game. And I've got a million games, right? And I've got about four or five other games on the go at the moment that I love, that I really love playing, that I have to tear myself away from to do anything else. And actually... You know, this one grabbed me tonight. I think it was for the first time, really, actually, that I really got into Old World. So it is a good game, man. Yeah, I'd agree. And so for me, and I, I, there's just two things, three things I want to say before we kind of wrap things up here. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the religion system because I feel like it's a little half-baked right now. I know that some of the actual religion mechanics are a little buried deep and aren't really explained. So I'm learning, again, some more things about how that works that I didn't know. I mean... I, I could talk more about that for another hour about how like there's these hidden mechanics right now that, you know, the UI doesn't show and that's fine. Again, that's something that early access is for, but I do want to see, you know, and then, and there's, there's those menu systems like the actual religion system or religion menu and the laws menu and stuff like that, that clearly need some sort of like revamping and love and, you know, it, 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 to, to kind of help bring it in line with everything else. Cause the UI in the game is pretty damn good. And in fact, it's probably one of the better UIs I've ever seen because there's a lot of information that you can you can be provided with with just a quick sh- click of the shift button, and you know the, the mouse over stuff and the keyword stuff works really well for this game. So yeah, I'm with you, Ben, in that I, I think this is one of the better games I've played in a long time, especially 4X games. I know you're not saying that. I'm saying I know you're saying that it's a good game. I'm saying right now that it's one of the best games I've played in some time. I'm really enamored with it. I think that that while there is work to be done and that I, I'm with Drexley, I don't envy Soren Johnson for the balance that needs to occur in order for it to be partially 4X and partially Crusader Kings 2. I don't think that you're ever going to make everybody happy when it comes to that. But I do believe that you know there is, there is a balance to be had and it's not quite there yet. And you know I, I, I'm really excited about that, that future product. I, I've love the the product that we have now so i'm i'm even more excited about what could be here in an in a year uh for those of you that don't know in the beta this game was kind of rough up until like three or four months ago and then it became something that i was like holy shit like this is something that's going to be special and you can see that other people see that 
and the streams and the insane amount of fervor that has occurred over you know early access and and the opinions that people have about epic and all that stuff as a result of this game so i do believe that a year from now when we come back to this or maybe six months from now when we come back to this and we start talking about this game again we're going to be singing a, a pretty positive tune uh, right now it's a little negative a little more negative than i thought it would be only because i think some of us really want to see it succeed and and because Juxy's just an asshole but the rest of us you know we really see the the positivity here and the excitement and i and i think that you know i and oh man Jux, Juxy has to say something let's hear what he has to say look okay i've i'll admit i haven't put much time in this game for a long for quite a long time because I've been really busy at work with this coronavirus bollocks and, you know, I've been flat at work. But I will mention one thing. Um, when I first played this back in the alpha or whatever it was, when I first opened the game, I was like, holy... I've, I've got shivers now because I was so excited for this game. It looks freaking amazing. But, yeah, back at... but. As I played it, there was a lot of issues back then. This was about, I don't know, four or five months ago. But I was really excited for this game, and it looks amazing. I think even back then, they had the graphics. Everything was just amazing. And then I slowly started to sour in it. But I've still got hope for this. I want this to be a good game, and I hope he can develop it into a good game. But for me personally, I'm going to give it a couple months at least before i jump back into it and hopefully now there's a lot more people playing he'll get a lot more feedback and hopefully the game will be in a lot better place by that time great points ben you have anything else no i'm done <laughs> i think i think i've, I've exhausted everything about it oh yeah it's, it's gonna be a great game i think it's just it, it it might just be that they've that they've tried to create a game that might be a little bit too it's not quite a 4x it's not quite a grand strategy Oh, no, let me say that again. It is a 4X, but it might be a little bit complex for the kind of 4X that they're trying to make for it to be able to flow like the 4X that they're trying to make. So there needs to there needs to be some work done there, I think, in order to in to reduce some of what Ray calls the busy work, you know, and because I think that is a big that is a big issue for me. And I can see, I mean, despite getting really into it tonight, um, I can see that tiring me out quite quickly if, you know, if every single turn I've got to deal with you know six seven eight decisions and all this kind of stuff, plus a massive war plus loads of workers plus all the order system you know i i it's, it's gonna get it's gonna get hard work and the, the further you get into the game the more hard work it's going to be so i'm hoping that they that there's something that can be done about that that being said i've got to concede that i haven't played it a huge amount so it might just be me i understand that i really do i think that even as enamored as i am with the game i see the faults there but i also I wish I could show everyone just how much this game has improved in the past three or four months because, like Drexy said, it 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 definitely wins you over with its presentation. But then, you know, when you first started playing it, you started to be like, oh, well, a lot of these things aren't implemented. And then all of a sudden they are. And you're like, oh, my God, I see this potential here. And I really have grown to, to feel very strongly that this game has an, just... Um, an amount of potential that I haven't seen in many games. I remember feeling this positive and this, you know, sure of Endless Legend. Man, I know that's kind of a hit or miss for some people, but I think it's one of the best games that I've ever played and definitely one of the best 4X games. 
And here I am with Old World, and I feel like they have that amount of potential, right? They're making enough changes to the formula that I'm like, cool, I like these. But also sticking closely enough to the formula that I'm like, cool, this feels familiar. So it will be interesting to see how well they can keep that that feeling of, of familiarity and also continue to flesh out and and make the the other elements a little bit more you know, uh, like seamless. So unless you guys have anything else to say and I'll give you an opportunity, do you have anything else, Ben Drexy? No, I'm good. Play more starships. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I will say this, we've been so inundated with so much Forex stuff and old world. I feel like I had so much invested in like getting old world out there and, and getting the preview done and then making these videos and then all this other stuff that we've had going on, I, I in my free time recently, I've just stopped playing 4X games. <laughs> so, like, I fired up, uh, what is it called? It's a dwarf galactic mining, dwarf galactic mining, I forgot what it's called, but it's so good. It's like a left for dead with dwarves, and you're, like, running around mining stuff while also fighting off, like, hordes of bugs. And it's super fun, and it's, like this completely non forex game that i have to like play to shut myself off now from forex games i feel a little drowned out in forex right now so you know it's it's insane i'm the same i've been playing streets of rage 4 and that's about as different from a forex game as you could possibly get and so anybody who um who used to have a sega genesis or mega drive whatever you used to call it and um, used to play the streets of rage games yeah get that it's really good yeah, it's on the Xbox game platform. So like I I do the subscription for the Xbox Live Ultimate or whatever. So I pay $15 a month and I get access to all of the Xbox games, which is also now Gears Tactics, which I really want to talk about at one point. But yeah, Streets of Rage 4 w- was on that. And I downloaded that and I fired it up and I also was like, woohoo, this this brings me back. And the graphics are so good. It's, it's so great. Oh, they're so good. And it's really hard as well. <laughs> like I, I, I played it through my, it's not that hard. I mean, I played it through with Ava and we, we kind of got, we got sort of close to the end on our first go, but when I played it on my own, that <laughs> <I> sucked, man. <laughs> it's been a while since I played anything like that. I mean, beat em ups died a death, didn't they? Those games just, they sort of died out with the, in, in the sort of late nineties, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like there's been a lot of excitement over Streets of Rage 4. So maybe they'll come back because it, it's a really well-made game. I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. And you're right, it's difficult as hell, but that makes me want to play it more. So, Well, I'm going to make everyone hate me even more on this podcast. I've been playing uh, the Battle Royale Modern Warfare recently. No, you, <laughs> I get it. All my cool. friends play. That's what yeah, my friends well, play, so... <laughs> that's what I've been playing instead of 4X games. <laughs> well, it's incredibly well made. Warzone is a lot of fun. I've I've definitely fired it up a few times. I get my ass handed to me every time I play, but I'm enjoying myself when I play it. So that they're definitely onto something there. And you know, there's not many times I, I'm not a very big first person shooter game guy. I mean, but well, not anymore. I used to be. Yeah, exactly. Not not anymore. I used to be too. And now with some of the better forex or sorry some of the better fps games that come out like you know I, i'm going through and playing doom because i want to play doom eternal and you know there's that half-life remake that i i've, I've bought and i want to play through and yeah i mean i'm with you there's just a, a need to shut off sometimes like forex games are so cerebral and they take so much of your time and thought that like you just need to be able to like shoot some stuff sometimes all of yeah, my gaming I've- group they've uh the guys that I usually play sort of, I used to play Battlegrounds with and that kind of stuff, they've all just been swallowed up by Bannerlord. 
and I'm I can't argue with that because it's just such a great game. <laughs> I've I've had they've like my brother's got something like 300 400 hours in Battlelord already because of the lockdown and all that kind of stuff and you know I've yeah. I've played it quite a lot but I want to I really want to get back into it properly but 4X games have just taken my they've kind of taken all my time <laughs> with all the stuff to for the channel and for the YouTube that I've been doing and that. So but I really that's my game that I really want to give a, have a proper go at now that it's been patched is uh, Mountain Blade 2 cuz it's yeah oh, it's just Mountain Blade 2 isn't it it's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, I've got the same problem. None of my friends like 4X games, so <laughs> I'm sort of stuck playing all chess games or Battle Royale games. But uh, we did actually, me and Ben did try and get a Dominions 5 game going, but not many people were interested. So yeah. That's something that could happen in the future, though. So if anybody anybody's listening, if you jump onto our uh, onto our Discord, uh, Explorate Discord and then come and harass us, we might get a, uh, a Dominions 5 game going because that might be quite good fun. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'd watch that too. So anyways, thanks guys for joining me tonight. Ben, a pleasure as always, buddy. Thanks, Rob. It's always great to do it. And Drexy, really appreciate it, man. I also, I do appreciate your point of view. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, don't, don't take what I say too serious sometimes. I just like to, I, I know it gets, I, I see you fangirling that and I just want to, <laughs> I just want to give you a little dig in the ribs, you know? I need it. I really do need it. So I appreciate it. But yeah, this has been fun. And honestly, this is a game that I think we're going to have to come back to when some time has passed, maybe a little bit closer to the end of early access. I don't know anything about anything. So don't take my word for anything. But I believe because based on the previous history of Epic exclusives, that I would imagine seeing this on Steam after it exits early access. I think that's probably part of the Epic's exclusivity deal is that they are going to stay with Epic through their early access, which, you know, makes sense. It also, you know, it helps them get through the early access period with some funding and, you know, people want to play it. There are a lot of people playing it already, so they're going to want to jump in. So I imagine that by the time we start to look at the end of early access, we'd want to jump back on and start talking about it. And hopefully they've announced something about the end of the exclusivity deal by then. So we can stop talking about that too. So Hey, thanks again, guys, for joining me. This was Rob, Ben, and Drexy for Explominate. We will talk to you guys next time. See you later, guys. Bye.